Hi, Stuart here. Just a little quick introduction to a couple of interviews that we were able to record at EGX. The first of them is with Mike from Four Horses, and the second one is with Andy from Free Jam Games. I'm here with Mick Waits at the Four Horses stand in EGX. Uh, Mick, tell us a little bit about Four Horses. Uh, hi there. Um, yeah, Four Horses is my company. I'm a solo developer and uh, creating a company officially sort of gave me a way to be taken seriously by Nintendo so that I could get my games published on their platforms. So it's, it's just a tiny company, just me, run out of one room of my house. <laughs> we, we develop games based on uh, the sort of games that I grew up on that were just sort of arcade action games that are short, fun experiences with no modern nonsense of downloadable content or loot crates or anything like that. Just pure fun. <laughs> How many of your games are available? Uh, we currently have three games available. There's uh, Digger Dan DX, my first game, which is on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. And we've got Kid Trip and Miles and Kilo that are both available on Switch. And Kid Trip is also available on the uh, 3DS, on the eShops. Is the Kid Trip series then based on something else? Uh, Kid Trip's very heavily inspired by Adventure Island primarily, but with some Mario, Sonic, and uh, what's that series? Wonder Boy thrown in there for good measure. Um, Kid Trip's an also run game, uh, but level based, uh, whereas Miles and Kilo gives you full control of the character and it's got boss battles and more levels and more moves. Yeah. How have you found your EGX experience to be so far? Uh, entertaining and tiring. This is this is a new thing for me. I came here three years ago as a visitor, uh, so being back as an exhibitor is uh, absolutely great. And it, it's great to see the response of the public. They come over and play the game and walk away with smiles on their face and swearing about monkeys being uh, <laughs> evil. Um, but yeah, it's great. People seem to be loving it, and it's, it's good to see people enjoying the game. Do you think coming to an event like this helps the sort of the profile of the games? I'd like to think so. Um, we, we came here just simply because the opportunity was available and I didn't really know what to expect because uh, I'm a total amateur at this. It's a part-time venture for me. So, um, yeah, I'd like to think it raises the profile. There's, there's a lot of people get to see it. And that's, that's what we want, more people seeing the game and, and hopefully they'll uh, try it and enjoy it. When I was speaking to you beforehand, it's, um, the games are currently available but a lot of people had said they'd never heard of them, um, even though they are available. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when, when Miles and Kilo launched about a week or two weeks before, there were actually 30 launches on the eShop in one week. Um, it, the Switch is a fantastic system. There's so, so many good games on there, and it, it's, it's hard to get seen. It's hard for people to find them, sadly. Um, I'd love to say my games deserve to be seen a lot more than everyone else's, so maybe that's true. <laughs> No, well, I wish you luck then for the rest of the weekend, and uh, thank you very much for letting us play. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for coming and talking to me. Uh, where can we find your website? Uh, the website is fourhorses, that's F-O-U-R.co.uk, um, and we're also on Twitter, which is at fourhorsesgames. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with Andy from Free Jam Games <laughs> to talk about card life. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. So, Card Life is a survival game. It's coming out on PC, on Steam, at the beginning of October. 
the whole point of the game is it's set entirely in a cardboard world. So everything you see in game is made out of cardboard. That includes trees, plants, tools, weapons, absolutely everything. Uh, and you create them from scratch using the Connect the Dot system. Uh, you even create your own character using that system as well. So the way that it works is that you spawn into the world, you create your character by using the Connect the Dot system by just drawing freehand with the mouse and doing any sort of custom shape that you want. Uh, and then from there, you need to collect resources, establish yourself in the world by creating a house, spawning a bed, uh, cutting down some trees, creating a sword, creating your armor, and then kind of go from there. We've got dozens of different creatures in the game. Uh, the world is 50 square kilometers by 50 square kilometers. I think it's even bigger than that now. So there's loads to do. Uh, and it's also a viable modding platform as well. So we looked at examples like Ark, like Minecraft and seeing how much those games have been extended by their communities. So we're very much looking to support that sort of functionality from the ground up. So everything that you create is then converted into a PNG, which you can edit outside of the game by like any sort of paint software that you want, uh, like Paint.net or Photoshop or whatever. Uh, and then also you can edit core game uh, properties like the way that the hunger system works in game, the way that stamina works, movement speed, spawn and creature spawn, stuff like that. You can edit that all using the uh, JSON files that are freely editable via Notepad or any sort of like scripting tool. Uh, so yeah, there's massive amounts of variety in the game, and it really like this is a first step of our journey, if you like, like going onto Steam, getting all the support from Valve that we can hopefully expanding the game a lot as well. Like we've already already managed to sell around about 20K, which is really good via our own like weird little website that you have to work really hard to find. So we're hopeful that when we're on Steam, the game will be expanded upon greatly. Uh, and we want to respond to what people want to make the game as much as possible as well. There's very obvious comparisons to Minecraft. Uh, how do you feel about those? Uh, we not only take it as a compliment, uh, but we also, you know, we use it as a measure against what the game is. So what's really interesting when we take it to shows like EGX is that you'll find that kids from the age of like eight to 12, like they don't even really want to talk to you about the game because when they lock into it and when they sit down and start playing, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what I'm doing. Um, when they see the connect the dot system, their mind is blown because they're like, oh my God, I'm not dealing with blocks. I'm dealing with shapes that I can draw a deal, uh, I can draw an intricate detail. So for us, we're totally comfortable with the Minecraft comparisons. We get Ark a lot as well. Uh, we've got Raft, which is quite interesting, uh, recently. I think the survival game genre is so huge at this point, and there are so many games within it, that if we can have a piece of that pie, we're totally happy with it. I think for us, the Minecraft comparison, I think it is a fair comparison to make with the state of the game that it is at the moment. So from a development perspective, we've worked hard on making that core one to 10 hour experience really good. And then after that, we've still got some work to do on like end game and stuff like that. But, you know, I think part of the comparisons are also to do with us being a, uh, so the game has different ages and we're in age three at the moment, and it's gonna be a science fantasy game. At the moment, we've got lots of fantasy elements like Minecraft does. There's the science side that we're kind of lacking, but we'll be adding that in the future. So for example, our trailer shows a mech. We're gonna have mechs in game. We're gonna have guns. We've just added ranged combat. Uh, so we'll have cars as well, loads of different stuff. So I think we're really complimented by the Minecraft comparison, uh, and hopefully we can build on it and build beyond people's expectations on that. 
As part of the game, is there a single player or offline mode? There is not an offline mode, so you always need to be online in order to play it. The reason why we decided to do that is that, so we had another game called Robocraft, where it's very similar. It was a free-to-play game, uh, so in terms, when I'm some similarity, I mean in terms of like having UGC at its core, uh, so user-generated content. So. We had a free-to-play game called Robocraft that's still active, it's still running. We've got like 25 people in the studio working on it. Um, and a thing that always held that game back from being a true mod powerhouse, we thought, was the fact that it was free-to-play. Like, why would you be interested in any monetization strategy that we give you in that game, like a free hat or whatever, if the community can make way more than we can? So by being a pay-up-front title, which uh, Card Life is, it's around about £15, uh, it gives us the flexibility to give you all the tools that you need to create cool stuff and we need some sort of DRM in place in order to protect us as a company really so us going online all the time does that however you can totally play on your own on your own servers they're completely private you can when you click the single player button in game you get your own private server that no one can ever join but we do think that car life is really better when you play it with other people just because you know if you spent a lot of time creating your character with a connect the dots system, you want to show it off, right? So, you know, showing it off with other people is really, really good. And we've noticed that the community is really, really collaborative at this point. Like everyone appreciates each other. The community is quite small, around about 20,000. So when we get onto Steam, it's going to get a lot bigger. So that's when we'll add PVP servers and PVE servers. So if the griefers want to grief each other, that's totally fine. <laughs> they can do it on PVP servers, but PVE will remain like a good collaborative environment. You said that it's currently available via your website. What's your website? So our website is cardlifegame.com. It was available until about a month ago, uh, and we took it off sale. The reason why we did that, and it seems a bit weird to do that, is that we've got quite a few bugs in the game that we really want to fix and we really want to solve, and the community has constantly been telling us, hey, you need to solve these. Uh, we know that as well. So we decided to take the game off sale, one, because it meant that we could have a Steam coming soon page, which is super, super valuable, built some awareness on that platform. And two, it meant that we could take the game down and up super, super quickly without giving anyone notice of doing so. And we made the community aware of this. Uh, and they were absolutely brilliant about it, to be honest. We were really shocked. We were expecting some sort of pain from it. But as soon as we told them, look, here's our bug list at the moment, here's what we're going to fix, but we have to take the game from sale and take it down pretty frequently over the next couple of weeks. Are you okay with that? The universal answer was yes. So uh, talking about the community side, we do constantly talk with them. We also view them as an active part of the development team. So, you know, we share with them everything we're going to do. We try and share with them ideas while they're still in the formulation stage so they can give us feedback and actually tell us if they're good or bad, good ideas, bad ideas, or if they poke holes in them. They constantly do, that's brilliant. That means that we don't plunge lots of resources down a development path that we can't necessarily get back. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a fascinating game to work on. Like the community creates things that we never possibly anticipated. Uh, like one guy created this giant black knight in one of the cliff edges in the game and it just, with our day-night cycle, like it does uh, active shadows. So at certain times of the day, it would cast this massive shadow <laughs> on this massive town that somebody built. So that's one of the more creative ways that people have interacted with each other in the game. But we think with Steam, we're hopeful to get, you know, thousands of ones and thousands of new players into the game. So we're hopeful that that'll be kind of like a new awakening for people really. Yeah. With it being 
like Minecraft, um, obviously that has a much younger audience and what have you. Uh, so what about the moderation within the community for imagery or potentially offensive things? Yeah, so absolutely it's a concern. I think it was a concern for us day one about that uh, and we thought about it a lot. So essentially if you're playing on an official server or your own server, um, so if you're playing in single player you can do whatever you want. We don't, we don't mind what you do in that. Uh, when it comes to our official servers, we moderate those pretty extensively. So if there's anything that other people find insulting or whatever, uh, and it doesn't fit like, a, let's say, a 12 plus age bracket, we will look into it. Um, but ultimately, that sort of moderation is always community-led. So whenever we get a complaint via our support channels or via the official forums or Twitter, we always look into it. Um, we want Card Life to be a safe place for younger people, uh, but we also don't want to be this strange iron fist that comes down from the sky and, and, and takes things out that are truly creative. So, you know, we view anything on the official servers as something that we should be moderating. Anything outside of that is almost fair game. Um, now, obviously, there are certain things that come into that that absolutely are not fair game. So, for example, you know, in Robocraft, we, we had an issue of people doing swastikas in game yeah. and stuff like that. Obviously, we obliterate those wherever we come across yeah. them, uh, and we'll always do that. Um, also, we have, you know, people making uh, penis statues and stuff like that. That's totally okay. If you do that on your unofficial server, you can make as many aubergine-shaped things as you want. It's part of being a creative experience. You know, when I was a 10-year-old kid, <laughs> I, I did that in, in time. Even our art director, who's like 34, still does that on people's leaving cards. So, you know, there is a place for that in terms of humor. Um, but we want to make sure it's a safe place. And we want to almost use the power of the community to help us with that as well. Realistically, what sort of numbers would you need to be looking at to keep it a sort of a long-term thing? Uh, so we're already at that number. So we believe that that 20,000 number that we had when it was on our website with minimal promotion, um, like you're talking to the sole PR and marketing guy, almost at Free Jam for a long, long time. I've got a new guy called Chris now who's helping me out, which is really good. Um, so I think the numbers that we're looking for, it's really hard to say. Like, we're launching in October, which is a really, really hard time to launch. Yeah. But we think that we've got a game that is, has a really unique art style, has a really unique hook with the Connect the Dots system. So we're hopeful that we can do, you know, if we did 10,000 day one, that would be amazing. But as a company, we're doing really well. Like, we've got Robocraft, which is, you know, has 30 million players worldwide. It hits CCU numbers around about 5,000 to 10,000, depending on the week. So we're all good on that front. This is like a multi-year project for us already. We've already secured investment to keep that going for at least three more years. We want to go way longer than that. Um, and we really are at the mercy of, you know, people like yourself spreading the word about the game, fans doing it as well. Like, the more people that wish this the game at this stage, it helps us massively because we can kind of, you know, make the most of the Steam algorithm and get people in day one. Um, from a personal perspective, I mean, I'd, I'd love for us to hit new and trending on Steam. That would help us. Um, but the good thing with Steam is, is very much it's a, it's a little bit like uh, going down a hill. So, and you've got a little bit of a peak at launch where the more people that help us at that stage and get us over the hump, it can kind of go downhill super quick and get loads of people buying the game. So yeah, that's what we're looking on. We're not really, 
I mean, I know it, it sounds dumb, but we're not really sales numbers driven at, at, at FreeJam. Um, we're an independent developer for a reason, and that's because we want to be in control of our own destiny, you know? Um, and with Card Life, we think we got something really special. So we're looking to take care of that as much as possible. We're obviously still growing the community, but we want to, we'll learn a lot in the next month. Like uh, early October is really important for us. I'd love to have a crystal ball and see how we do. Um, but doing shows like this helps, meeting people like you help. Um, and you know, any additional information that anyone that's listening to this can give us, it certainly helps us. How do you feel about Steam as a platform? Uh, I know enough a lot of people sort of look at it as the Wild West almost because of the amount of releases and things coming out. With the algorithm that Steam uses, yeah. with Card Life getting probably multiple updates and what have you and always getting yeah. that little bump, will that help you? It definitely will. So we always do live games. And live games means games as service, which means that we always have things in the pipeline that we're developing to kind of, you know, do an update every month at least and most of the time we're more frequent than that um, what I would say about Valve is that they've always been amazing to work with we worked with them really early on Robocraft since around about 2013 um, they always supported us they always gave us, gave us advice when we asked them questions they're super frank about the platform as well like uh, our account manager is awesome there um, I do think you know there was a lot of scuttlebutt, so I used to be a journalist, uh, and there was a lot of scuttlebutt about two years ago with people doing a lot of scare stories about Steam and how it's slowly taking over the industry, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think that's changed as of late. I think you see people like Humble Bundle gaining more market share. You see GOG doing really, really well. You see people like uh, Activision looking at Battle.net and doing different things there. You see EA doing stuff and Ubisoft with their own platforms as well. So I don't think Steam is the be-all and end-all for the entire industry. I do think for indie developers, it 100% is. Yeah. Um, but what I would say with Valve is that they are amazing. They are just, they help indie developers so much. And it, all of us always appreciate it. We, as independent developers as well, like where you found us in the rest area, like we all data share, we all help each other. We all help promote each other's games as well. So, you know, even if you don't get featured by Steam day one, um, you know, they, they will give you additional bites of the cherry, which is really, really good. And other indie developers will help you out as well, going, hey, I really like your game, if you consider this, if you considered that. Um, we actually did a keynote here, which is all about uh, UGC games and making big games with tiny teams based around UGC. Um, and the people that we've met for that have been absolutely fantastic and have uh, some people have shared a lot of data with them with us on how their Steam launch went and uh, that certainly helped us. Well, thank you very much and uh, yes, we'll look forward to the release of the game in October. Nice one. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you.